Good day, good day, good day. This is Father David with Coffee Conversations. Joined by... Drumroll, please. Father Eric Garris, new parochial vicar at St. Gabriel, three weeks in a day, but who's counting? Yeah, here we are. So we have a new uh, a new guest uh, to Coffee Conversations today. Deacon Bob is away on vacation, like we talked about a couple weeks ago. So um, I think he's doing pretty well down in Florida, hanging out with his family and down in the, down in the heat. And so we have the opportunity of bringing, uh, bringing the new guy on today. Uh, so, so you've been here for three weeks. Three weeks in a day, but who's uh, counting? Hey, hey, that's good. <laughs> so uh, it's been good. It's been strange. I was at St. Rafael in Bay Village for four years, and mm-hmm. uh, you get to know a whole community, and you journey with them, and you know everyone's name, and you know everyone's story, and now it's being reintroduced and everyone asking, what's my name? What's my story? And I'm like, for sure. Yeah, so this is Father Eric's uh, second assignment. So he's over in St. Raphael's in Bay Village. Uh, for our Colorado people, uh, that's on the west side of Cleveland. Uh, so now we're on the east side. So both of us, and I was actually at St. Raphael's for my diaconate assignment. So when you're in seminary, uh, the last year you're a deacon before uh, you're a priest. So I uh, was over there, and it was so from one archangel uh, to, to another to the other. I keep for, saying if I go to St. Michael, I get either... A plaque or like a free cup of coffee. Right. Yeah, that would be the hat trick. That's uh, right. For sure. That's right. So St. Michael's in Independence, which is, is just uh, south of Cleveland. So who knows? Maybe and we'll... you've got St. Michael's in Scranton. Oh. Which is in uh, true. Tremont, Ohio City area. Yeah. Yeah. So tons of you options. never know. Tons of The options, options we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But I... as for now, one archangel to another, mm-hmm. east to west, mm-hmm. running the gamut. Yeah. Doing it all. Good. So, um, so Father Eric is a, is a lover of coffee. So it's one of the initial reasons why I considered uh, you know wanting to bring him on, other than you know his his personality and his, his wisdom and all the things. But what's what's your love of coffee? Describe. So that. Uh, it's it's not necessarily the love of coffee. It's the love of the effect of coffee. Oh. So it's the it's the love of, the of coffee, being the coffee like, high. Yeah, like jazzed up and charged up. But uh, no, I I I made a big switch in life recently. So. I realized that coffee was getting out of control. Yeah. I would drink a cup in the morning, and then I have a Nespresso machine, and then I would just like be ripping shots of coffee all day. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my I wasn't sleeping, and my heart was like, I gotta get tiled dial this back. But um, I don't know. I'm two to three cups a day. But the other big change is I'm finally starting to like Dunkin'. Over Starbucks. Oh wow! I feel like that's the working man's transition. Yeah, <laughs> Starbucks is the the grande and and just give me a medium. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I drink my coffee black because that's how it's intended to be. Yeah, just um, straight all the flavors. Yeah, that's how the Lord intended it. Yeah, you have any f- favorite roaster in in Cleveland? Favorite roast is is Rising Star. Yeah, they're they're the pinnacle of roasting as far as I'm concerned. They're the light roast and the the beauty of the the floral, I don't know. <laughs> but you go in there and you're like, this is coffee. Indeed, yeah. I, uh, so Father Eric and I, there's one on the west side <clears throat> that we'd go to, and um, this was after in the in the mornings we go to this really early mass with these uh, with these sisters. Yeah, the poor Claire. So you'd get up at five forty-five, you'd be having mass at oh, yeah. six forty-five, and then. You would need more coffee. Oh yeah, and so we went to Rising Star, and they have this iced coffee uh, or a cold brew coffee called Cold Brew, a Black Star, and it's it's. I don't usually feel the coffee intensity. Um, I think it's more psychological for me, but 
uh, I definitely was yeah. was wired. You'll that you'll one. be seeing sounds you've never tasted before when you're drinking Black Star. You're like, this is this is the world. It's like uh, there's that weird movie Limitless. Have you seen that with no. Bradley Cooper? Oh yeah. So he like discovers this drug called NZT, which allows him to like use what what do they say? You only use like forty percent of your brain. Oh is that yeah. The, I don't know. But it's something like that. But it's like this drug that not as takes, much as we could, right? That like taps this potential, and so like when I'm drinking that stuff, I'm using 150 percent of my brain, nice, <laughs> and 50 percent of other people's yeah. brains. I'm, I'm, I'm harnessing their energy. Beautiful. So if, if if the podcast today is is a little more louder and speaking a little more quickly than normal, <laughs> um, that's just how I talk, though. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. No. So it's 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 all good. No worries. No right. worries. Buckle up, folks. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, so Father Eric is, is, is here now, and Father Joe uh, Bojic, our Pol- the Polish priest who's been with us for the past couple of years, he's moving on as uh, more or less administrator, pastor of uh, St. Edward's and Lucy's. And so um, Father Joe contributed uh, a lot uh, to my priesthood over these past past couple of years of being with them. It's been great. Uh, one significantly is, is beets and horseradish he, he, uh, he introduced into my diet. So And when you... When you take two good things and bring them together and make beet horseradish, <laughs> it's an amazing thing. A couple I, weeks, well, I you had, so, yeah. I, I've benefited. There's all these jars of beets around, and <laughs> Dwight Schrute would be happy that we're, we're very, making good use of it. But very happy. Father Joe uh, laughed quite hard at me last week <laughs> when I, we had like roast beef or something, and so I toasted bread and put beet horseradish on the bread. And he had never seen that before. He said that beets and horseradish, just for meat and potato, <laughs> not for bread. Like, okay. He looked like you, like you were a fool. Right. He was like doubled over laughter. It was that kind of laughter where like, he would laugh, he would look down, and then he would look back at what was going on, yeah. and then laugh more. Yeah. So wow. whatever. Well, hey, you bring joy into people's lives. That's right. You know? Through through various ways. You know. Yeah. So so Father Joe he 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 contributed that as along with other things to my to my life here at uh, at St. Gabriel's and Father Eric so far has has brought in the air fryer and uh, the increased wearing of Chaco sandals. Right. The into... air fryer is the celibate cook's best friend. Indeed. Yeah. You just <laughs> tater tots. They're there. Yeah. That's why we. Uh, that was kind of the selling point. Yeah. Was tater tots, but. The Chacos, so you said there's Colorado people. Mm-hmm. We wear them here in Cleveland. Indeed. Yeah. Chaco, Chacos abound. Chacos abound. So Father David's been asking me, is it, like, how, how do you wear these, and what do you adjust them to? But mm-hmm. yeah. once you break in Chacos, there's nothing more comfortable and amazing. Other so than can... the true sign of a Chaco wearer mm. is the tan line. The tan line. Yeah. It stays with you all year. Yeah, all year. All year, it's like you you look at your feet and, and it's middle of winter and you're like, mm. why does it look like someone had taken white out in the shape of a Z over the top of my foot? It's like oh, because I wear chacos all year. Beautiful. But I will say I deliberately like uh, this is a whole other topic. But I just started golfing about a year and a half ago. But when I go to the driving range or just go to like chip around and putt around, mm. I just kind of stand around with the chacos on to increase the. The tan, beautiful, yeah, beautiful. I'm I'm gonna be in time of, of transition now because I've been wearing tevas 
uh, mm. for the past number of years. So I have I have the Tiva branded onto me. Yeah. Uh, so now we're going to be transitioning to Chaco. So right. Starbucks be, to Dunkin', Tivas to Chaco. I know. It's a whole my my life. Is Deacon Bob uprooted. to me. Saint yeah. Rayfield to say, This is a time of transition. So many ways, but it's all good. So well, that's great. Get to yeah. know a little a little a few things uh, about you. So. Uh, maybe, you know, Father, just share us a little bit about, I know in our first podcast uh, with Deacon Bob and I just kind of shared a little bit about ourselves. Um, so, I don't know, who are you? What's yeah. uh, what's a little bit of your story? And then maybe like, uh, why, what, you know, priesthood, why? And sure. how do they look like? Yeah, so I grew up uh, east side, Lake County, uh, Our Lady of Mount Carmel and Wycliffe. Faith was important as a family. We went to Mass every week as, uh, on Sundays. Um, we we prayed together as a family insofar as we prayed before we ate dinner. Um, but it was important, and I think it was important. My, my parents, they were raised going to Catholic school and, and going to Mass, and it was a part of the, the family kind of experience. But um, So they were good role models in that. I also had good role models in faith in uh, my grandma, but well, all of my grandparents, but my, my mom's mom in particular was the housekeeper of a rectory. And unfortunately, there were some family situations there that my mom's dad had kind of been not so present, and the pastor kind of was there, took the family under his wing. And so we would always have um, Father Anderson would be around at family gatherings and different stuff. So uh, as much as, like, the priesthood was this thing behind an altar for an hour a week, there was also encountering the humanity of priesthood. And so... um, I don't know. I was I was drawn to both of that. Like I was drawn to the mystery of, okay, what is he doing up there? What is Father doing? But also, hanging out with Father, who would drink gin and tonics on the back porch with the family. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I felt called to that in yeah. some ways. Um, yeah, you saw the reality of priesthood. Yeah, you know, just yeah, the realness. Right. So, I wanted to be a priest in the same way that I wanted to be a professional athlete and a this and a that. And so. I don't know, but growing up, kind of going through the journey of faith, went to Catholic school, went to Catholic high school, went to Lake, Lake, Lake high Catholic school? high school. That's wow. right. Once a cougar, always a cougar. So this is wow. This is cougar country, but it's also lion country. <laughs> yeah, a lot of great battle rages on. Right, right. Yeah, going to high school, I really didn't know who I was, what I wanted to do. Kind of let my identity be de- be defined by the sports that I played and the people I hung out with. Really didn't care about faith. Like get your license. You, there's all the freedom. So I would drive to mass and get my bulletin and come home and tell my mom I went to mass. And but things kind of changed for me. Jesus was just an idea or an answer on a test. But going into my senior year, my dad had gotten some poor health news that he was diagnosed with cancer. And yeah. the world that I knew and constructed very deliberately and carefully came kind of tumbling down around me, being kind of c- conflicted and and seeing like, okay, what's going on here? So. I went to Mass, and uh, there was a newly ordained priest in my parish, Father Andy Turner at the time, and he was two things that most priests that I knew weren't. He was relatively young, but he was also very joyful. <laughs> yeah. So uh, an, an animated man. Two good you know? things. And so he gave this this weird homily, and this is probably one of the cheesiest stories, but it was right <laughs> after Bob Barker retired. Oh, yeah. And uh, his homily was, Legend. even though Bob Barker's gone, God still calls us to come on down. So, like, and I was, like, sitting there. And if I were to give that homily now, like, 
that's like that's cheesy, right? It's like, doo, 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 doo. God is calling you to come on down, you know? Beautiful. Um, Beautiful. So I like went home. I'm like, Bob Barker, God, like the my world is coming at me. And so I sent him this email and I was like, hey, it'd be good to talk. Um, we sat down and, and chatted. And I remember like leaving the house, going to like meet with the priest. I didn't tell my mom and dad. I'm like, oh, I'm going to the store or something. But we sat down and he he just listened to me, listened to where I was at. He, and then he, he ended the conversation with like, so what do you want to do in life? You know, and at this point I'm like 17 and colleges are supposed to be on your radar. And I'd thought for a little bit about Coast Guard. Um, I saw the movie The Guardian and I'm like, mm. I want to jump out of airplanes and save lives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do something great with my life. But it's funny because he asked me what I wanted to do, and my only answer was, "Well, I'd like to go skydiving at some point." <laughs> like, not, like, right? Not this, not that. So, he he's like, "Well, I don't know if you know this. I'm a priest, um, but how about you join up with this youth group that we're doing?" And I was like, "Okay." Like externally, sure. Yeah, Father, that'd be yeah. gee golly, that'd be great. Yeah. But internally, I'm like, "No, this is, no." The youth group kids are weird, so. Ended up joining up with this youth group, went on a retreat, and uh, really encountered Jesus as being real in the Eucharist uh, in a time of adoration. And that kind of led to more of wanting to discover that. So, yeah, um, yeah my hero, St. John Paul the Great, has got a great line. He says, when you wonder about the mystery of yourself, look to Christ who gives you the meaning of life. And so in looking to Christ, there was kind of a revelation of, okay, this is, this is who you are. This is who I call you to be. Um, and so the idea of seminary was popping up, and we had seminarians helping out. Um, and I finally kind of made the decision, like, okay, I don't know what you're calling me to do, Lord, but there's something there that's worth exploring. Uh, I'm going to apply to the seminary. And I was hoping that they would say no, because then the question would be answered. Am I called to be a priest? No. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so... It, yeah, up ass. Right, right. But getting there, it, it was kind of that whole sense of discernment of, okay, like I'm looking to Christ in my studies, in my prayer, in my uh, apostolic foundation and formation, in my humanity. Um, and there was kind of this sense of, okay, this this is who you are. Yeah. And as a priest, I mean, I, I, I have to look to Christ at all times. It's not like yeah. I get ordained and my vocation story ends. It continues with like, Okay, this is what you do. This is how you're called to do it. Right. This continual, um, continual looking to Christ. Right. And it's relationship. I mean, that's where, like, how how am I here? Well, because Christ called me to be here, and I, in relationship with him, discovered that, and through the church and through yeah. others. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think um, in our first conversation with Deacon Bob, we kind of, I don't know if we said this or not, but... You know, this idea of, of vocation, uh, this idea, it's not like vocation isn't career. Like, it's not sure. just, like, priesthood has a lot of things to it. Obviously, we're we're busy throughout the day. We have projects. We have uh, tasks, uh, meetings, and all kinds of things. Um, but it's something that's, it's it's not just a job. It's it's a way of being. It's a way of life. Sure. It's something that we're, we're called to do. It's like, if you ask most guys, almost any guy in the seminary, I would bet that there was a period of struggle, like, that this was not an idea that, at one point, one point or another, like this was not an idea that came from them. Sure, you know they may have desired it, but this came from somewhere else. Right, and that's the beauty of like, of the diversity, that like, there's no cookie cutter as to right. what a priest looks like or 
even what marriage looks like. I mean, that's the beauty of marriage is like the marriage that exists between this person and this person is wholly unique insofar as that it's never existed before them before. And like, I always think, and it's funny being back on this side of town and running into people I went to high school with and people I haven't seen in a while. um, Like you're, you're a priest. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm just as shocked as you are. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, that's it. It's like, I, I, yes, I desire this, but, um, But it was also realizing, like, this isn't just me wanting this. Because there were times that I didn't want this. Right. <laughs> there yeah. were a lot of times. Yeah, in seminary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your journey, you're, it's through the ups and the downs, and, and there's go, there's stuff going on. And, you know, you're, you're, you're meeting people, and you're like, mm-hmm. am I called to marriage? What am I called to do? Were your friends supportive of you? Like, um, so this was, this was a, a, a sharp left turn for, yeah, you, yeah. For, for you personally. But what about family, friends? Yeah, I think they were supportive in so far as that, like, they they just wanted, like, it's everyone's thing, like, we just want you to be happy, and if this makes you to be happy. And sure, I think sure. there's a great fear, and I and I know my family, like, they weren't not supportive, but I think they were like, well, what, what is this? Because it was kind of like a fresh thing. Like, What, the, what does this mean? Yeah, what is this? <laughs> that guy just, I've by the way, the double rainbow guy. Yeah. He died a couple months ago. Oh, man. Yeah. Bear was his name. Oh, man. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, please pray for the repose of the soul of Bear. The double rainbow guy. We'll include a video. If you haven't seen it before, no worries. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be called Double Vocation Talk All the Way. Can we title that this? (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Yes. Um, And then what does it mean? What is it? But back to what we were saying. Anyway. Um, No, they were supportive. And I think part of like where they got, like, there's an excitement and there's a, it's it's we just celebrated Saint Irenaeus this past week. Like, yeah. the glory of God is man fully alive, and seeing like this is who I am. Mm-hmm. They're like, this is awesome that you're doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, not just like this is what you're doing, but this is who you're becoming. Like, we're so happy to see you as you. Like, I'm very much me, probably joyfully too much, too much sometimes. <laughs> sometimes joyfully for people. Sometimes right. yeah. Sometimes frustratingly. Right. Sometimes. <laughs> Joyful for me and not for that. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, that's okay. Um, it's an experience. Right, right. So it, there, there is just, I don't know. It's like when you see someone living authentically who they are, yeah. there's something that's like, that's great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, would, I think we, would, we talked about discipleship in one of our episodes too. Uh, I mean, a disciple is someone who is in relationship uh, with Jesus. And, uh, and if we're living out of that, that's, that's, that's joy. Uh, that, that's joy, and and that's and when we meet a disciple, when we, it's just it's attractive, right? You know, yeah. I always, and people always say, you know, Father, we need more priests, or we need, and I always say, we just need more disciples, right? Like we need people who who recognize, like, okay, Christ is calling me to journey with Him, and with another in the sacrament and vocation of marriage, or with a church in 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 the way of priesthood or religious life, um, but like, disciples beget disciples. Right. And in and, and the same way that, like, vocation is a call to love, like, love begets love. Love creates love. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what that's what married couples say. Like, we, we will f- freely, totally, faithfully, and fruitfully give of ourselves. And the fruit that's born is not just a child, but the fruit that's born is that, like, love is made known in the world insofar as these yeah. two people give of themselves in this way. Yeah, God's presence. I mean, right. it makes God less of an, like you said before, like at some point God was an idea to you. It was kind of a thought. It was a, you know, a picture in a book. Um, 
but we want God to be real, and, and God becomes real through the sacraments of the church, through, uh, and particularly priesthood. Like God becomes very real through the priest, through what the through what the priest does, um, and then the love of a married couple. Like God's love is made real through them, through their witness of giving their lives to each other through good times and in bad, sickness and in health. Yeah, there's that great line at the end of the rite of marriage, the the prayer over the couple. It says, "May you be witnesses to the world." Of God's charity, right? So, like, may you in your life give witness to the love of God in what you do. Like, that's vocation. And people think, like, well, I'm not doing it in a perfect way. Well, none of us are, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but I think part of it is like, it's it's seeking that perfection in love by coming to the source of love, right. which is our God, who becomes present in the sacraments and in a life of prayer, and as we journey with one another, and as we break as we break open the Word. Um, it's 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 encountering that right as being something real, not just an idea. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. And uh, to kind of close close up all these thoughts, I so in marriage preparation with with uh, with couples, I'll we talk about vocation, and, and we've been using this word vocation, and you know what does it mean? Well, vocation comes from the Latin word vocare, which means uh, to call. So if you think like uh, vocal, you know, it's something that's heard. So a vocation is something that's received. It's a, it's a way of of living that we're called to. And I, I share with them a, a video from Father Mike Schmitz, and he kind of breaks apart vocation in, in three different ways. And I'll share a link uh, too in the in the podcast notes. But he shares this the sense of vocation that we're we're called to live in a certain way, uh, first as um, kind of with the whole of our lives that we're all called to holiness, we're all called to be saints. Second, that we're called to a particular state in life. Uh, so this would be kind of what we would generally think mostly along with a vocation. So. Being a priest, uh, being married, uh, being a religious brother and sister, uh, being uh, a consecrated, dedicated, single person uh, in the world. And then thirdly, um, that we're called um, uh, in every day, every moment, uh, to how am I following God right now? Not just in general always, not just with you know the state of my life, but what am I supposed to do in the next hour? Who am I supposed to talk to? Um, am, I, am I supposed to pray? Am I supposed to go work? Am I supposed to visit someone? And, you know, it's in the daily things that we, uh, that we live. And it's just kind of very, you know, so we're all drawn into this reality of relationship with God and, and following him. And um, I think it's kind of just a nice way to think about the Christian life. Right. Well, and I know you have talked about it before, at least you talked to the youth group, but like, it's that sense of our identity is built by a relationship you know, so it's relationship identity mission, which is, you know, right. the IPF way Institute for Priestly Formation. They do such an awesome job, but it, it's a reordering that, like, mm-hmm. my vocation is not just what I do. Right. It's who I am and who I'm in relationship with, and then it's ascending on mission. Right. You know, like identity is formed by relationship, not just by action. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, mar- married couples are married because they've been in relationship with one another. Priests are priests because we, we're, we've we been in relationship with the church. Like single individuals uh, who, who live a life in that way are, uh, you know, they, they might not have the relationship of, oh, a spouse or this. But like they're still a son, a daughter, a brother, a sister, an aunt, Somebody an uncle. Like, they're they're, in right, they're, that's their identity. And that identity like is fortified, which sends us. Yeah, That's the mass. Right, like we enter into a relationship with Christ and through God and the covenants and Scripture and identity, body of Christ. Go, you know. Um, That's right. It's living it. Right. 
Beautiful. Well, it's great. Thanks, for that, Eric, for uh, joining us in this first uh, this first brew, this first session with you. Yeah, kicking it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll be excited to hear more and. Uh, yeah, and prayers uh, for your ministry here. We're excited to have you and see how Jesus is made real uh, through uh, through you, um, through your life and your your ministry. So, but one as we do in all things in prayer, praying for all of us, uh, no matter where we are. All right, in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Good and gracious God, we praise you for the gift of this day, the gift of our lives, um, the gift of all all that you've surrounded us with, family, uh, friends, with priests, with uh, community. We ask you to continue to inspire in us this desire to give of ourselves and to love. If we're confused about life, if we don't know where uh, you're calling us, may we uh, hearts be opened uh, to see that you are truly with us and that you call us to give of ourselves and to live uh, a life uh, of love. We ask you to bless Father Eric, uh, bless all those priests who have been in uh, and transitioned to new parishes. May their hearts be strengthened um, to more faithfully and continue to live out um, their priesthood with the people they've been called to. And we ask this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, everybody, have a great week. Um, things will be good here. Um, Father Deacon Bob will be back next week, and uh, we'll continue on. I, I'm looking forward to it. Beautiful. It's all the, right. It's the journey. It's the journey. <laughs> all right, everybody. Adios. Peace. Peace.